this is Alison Twycross. I'm editor of Evidence-Based Nursing and I'm delighted to be hosting this monthly podcast on advanced care planning. And I'd like to introduce Sarah. Sarah, would you like to introduce yourself? Yep, thank you, Alison. Um, my name is Sarah Jong. I'm a senior lecturer in the School of Nursing and Midwifery at University of Newcastle in Australia. So thank you for joining us today, Sarah. Let's start by looking at the paper we're discussing today, which focuses on healthcare professionals' failure to engage hospitalised elderly people and their families in advanced care planning. Can you tell us a little bit about what advanced care planning is? Yep, um, there are numerous definitions of advanced care planning. Um, And my favourite one is that advanced care planning is the process of preparing for likely scenarios near the end of a life that usually includes assessment of and dialogue about a person's understanding of their medical history, condition, and their values and preferences. But in a most simple, succinct way, advanced care planning is fully informed and empowered decision-making process about one's preference for care which involves conversations and discussions with the person and their family members and healthcare professionals. Okay, thank you. I like those definitions. So the paper found that nurses sometimes struggled to have those conversations with patients and their families. The study took place in Canada. Would you expect there to be similar findings if the study was undertaken somewhere else? Well, one of the findings that really stood out to me was that 47.9% of patients had completed advanced care plan before hospitalization, and 70.0% of patients had formally named the surrogate decision maker for health care. And given that this is a non-hospital setting, it is remarkable. And whoever was involved in that high level of participation in advanced care planning needs to be commended. Um, because in the studies that myself and my colleagues have been involved in Australia, um, although there might be some unreported outstanding results maybe pending, the participation and engagement in advanced care planning and documentation of advanced care directives have been very and very low, around 2 to 20% in, in Australia. So in that way, I think we may not find the similar result in Israel else, but on the other hand, We have found similar findings in that um, the the communication between patients and families and healthcare professionals, in particular doctors and nurses, remain very inadequate, um, given that among the documented advanced care directives that are legally valid, doctors and nurses are not very well aware of and do not refer to advanced care directives when making decisions. So there there are still many studies in end-of-life care that report Healthcare professionals, including social workers, nurses, and physicians, avoid discussions about preparation for such care. And usually, the reasons being the lack of knowledge and confidence in initiating discussing the end of life care matters, and lack of training of healthcare professionals in discussing health and dying, and fear of causing emotional upsets on their patients by healthcare professionals. So, so in those ways, I think we will find similar results. I suspect we'd find similar results in, to, to your Australian results in the UK, although I don't know for sure. Um, one of the things I liked about your definition was that it was a dialogue. 
And you, you mentioned just now that lack of knowledge and confidence among healthcare professionals is an issue. So I guess there's lessons there for people like me in, in, in nurse education and, and people educating other healthcare professionals. Can you tell me a little bit about the benefits of advanced care planning? Yep. One of the most commonly discussed benefits of advanced care planning is that it gives the individual and or family members a role to retain their autonomy and authority as decision makers in situations wherein the individual is no longer able to provide input. And another benefit is that the actual process of discussing end-of-life issues stimulates therapeutic communications and conversations between patients, family members, and healthcare professionals. And it leaves patient families with an increased sense of feeling cared for and understood. So therefore, the subsequent benefit of having the discussion is to decrease the burden of the family members when they are left to wonder what their loved ones would have, would have wanted. And another one is the cost effectiveness, but um, it's often mentioned in the literature, but still not conclusive, which is not surprising because of numerous factors involved in Medicare, medical resource expenditure in acute and community settings, and et cetera. And another important benefit of advanced care planning is that participation in the informed consent process and in the preparation of advanced care directives would enable healthcare professionals to be familiar with the patients' and families' wishes. So those are the um, very well-known benefits of advanced care planning. One of the things I'm particularly interested in is, is how we can make sure that people have better end-of-life care and I guess that engaging in these dialogues and having informed discussions with people based on advanced care planning must surely help people have better deaths. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if it is done properly. Yeah. So it comes down to training again, doesn't it, I guess. So are there any disadvantages of advanced care planning? Well, in ideal situation and in principle, there should not be any disadvantages if advanced care planning is done properly, satisfying the legal, ethical, professional requirements in each country. But um, if any disadvantage may occur, it will be in the process of documentation and application. For example, if advanced care planning aims to avoid both over-treatment and under-treatment, if advanced care planning is used as a tool to limit care, then obviously the patients and the family members may feel disadvantaged because one is denied the treatment. But more importantly, the issue in this case is usually um, a lack of understanding between them and more discussion and conversations are necessary. And another example is that where the patient themselves or their family members, when is, one is not empowered to make right decisions for them, there is a potential risk of the person might be disadvantaged or misunderstood. So it is absolutely critical and essential that patients and family members need to be fully informed and empowered to make decisions. Okay, so, so going back to the, um, the study you wrote a commentary on, which was from Canada, what are the implications of practice from the findings of that study? I think the findings from Helen and his colleagues' study inform um, healthcare professionals and particularly nurses, that the participation in advanced care planning has increased dramatically over the last two decades. 
this is a clear indication of the positive shift towards advanced care planning in community settings, and healthcare professionals, including nurses in acute hospital settings, need to match up their knowledge, attitude, and practice with this positive shift. And another implication for nurses is that nurses are provided with empirical evidence on how they can improve satisfaction with end-of-life experiences and implementing expressed preference for care in acute hospital settings. Okay. Those, those, I think those are very practical, practical findings and, and, and really good ways of improving the care we give to people in, at the end of life. Is there anything else we can do to help healthcare professionals engage patients and their families in, in what can be difficult conversations? This is a million-dollar question. As I mentioned, we have dramatically improved you know, participation and engagement um, in advanced care planning, but there are lots of barriers mentioned in the literature and me personally um, in everyday practice. Um, those barriers include such as lack of time, lack of staff, lack of resources. Whilst focusing on external factors such as these may have some impact, but we should not underestimate the impact of internal factors of each individual, each healthcare professionals, such as knowledge and their attitude and their perceptions. It is essential for healthcare professionals to be aware of their own underlying reasons for the culture of don't go there and do everything, which is very detrimental. And the fact that advanced care planning is not limited to end-of-life care decision-making but embraces the concept of a transcendence, which can help people and their family members accept the course of nature and experience satisfaction in life towards and at the end of life, may contribute to the change of such culture. And advanced care planning takes time, communication skills, and most importantly, empathy. And recent research findings recommend regular comprehensive education programs to improve communication skills not only about the wishes to be documented, but also dealing with complex families and resolve family conflicts and improve documentation method of advanced care directives in hospital and clearly confusion around um, legal standing of advanced care directive in each country. Sure, I guess understanding the legal, the legal stance is very important. You've mentioned documentation a few times. Uh, if we're going to have good communication between different healthcare professionals, um, looking after somebody, that would seem to be fairly key that we've documented the discussions we've had and the conclusions that the family and the patient have come to. Yeah, and nurses aren't always very good at doing documentation, so may, maybe that, that's um, a, lesson, a lesson to be learned, that having had these very difficult conversations documenting the outcomes needs to be done very carefully. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what further research do you think is needed in this area? Well, there have been significant studies conducted over the last two, de two decades, and the evidence established so far provides us with new directions. For example, although the practice of one's autonomy is highlighted as one of the most significant benefits of advanced care planning, in fact, individual's autonomy must be understood and promoted in the social context in which the person developed their own self-entity, continuity, and adaptive skills for their life changes. The further research is needed in this area 
like how to best to pre represent one's autonomy through advanced care planning. And other evidence suggests that um, the likely change or consequences of having or not having certain medical intervention at the end of a life is influenced by continuity or past patterns as the personal systems beliefs and values as the highest probability for successful um, essence of being and continuation of oneself. So therefore, further investigation is required on how healthcare professionals, nurses, doctors assess individuals and their family members' essence of being along the continuum and how healthcare professionals should assist those family members in end-of-life care decision-making in a manner consistent with the continuity of the person. And from nursing profession's perspective, despite of the high levels of engagement in advanced care planning in non-hospital settings in this article, it is of concern that only 8% of 278 patients and 10% of family members have discussed the wishes with the nurses before hospitalization. So further investigation of a nurse's current involvement and the roles and functions in acute hospital and in community settings and in pursuing high levels of engagement in advanced care planning is necessary to provide the practice, practical guidance to nurses. Okay, thank you for that. So one last question. If people listening to this podcast are going to take one thing away from it, what would it be? Everyone deserves to die in a manner as well as or better than they had always lived. And advanced care planning can help you do that. Advanced care planning provides people and their family members with an opportunity not only to express their preferences for end-of-life care, but also to respect their own essence of being, even towards and at the end of life. And patients and family members are ready, they are moving forward, and healthcare professionals really, really need to catch up. Okay, thank you so much. really enjoyed talking to you about um, this topic and uh, look forward to hearing the podcast go live. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much.